0: This is a show that brings to the forefront newsmakers, entertainers, and those making a difference in our lives and in our world. Each week is a new adventure with topics ranging from the most serious and cutting edge to the most lighthearted and entertaining. This is Taking Care of Business with Richard Solomon. Greetings, everyone. This is Richard Solomon, Taking Care of Business with our continuing coverage of the coronavirus epidemic and public safety response. In furtherance of that, I have on the line with me Tom Hernandez. Tom, tell everybody about yourself. I know that you're my computer expert, and you're the computer expert out there to many people, but tell us what you do.
1: Well, primarily, uh, I run a managed IT services company that basically maintains and manages networks for small and medium-sized businesses throughout the New York City metropolitan area. So during this crisis, um, we spent a lot of time getting people
0: set up so that they can work from home. All right. So now we're all doing that. We're working from home. We're getting our school education from home. I, I understand that various religious services are online uh, of, of all different faiths because we are not allowed to congregate anymore for a while. So what do we do to keep ourselves safe uh, now that we're in the cyber world all of a sudden? Like, like not in, in, in magnitudes that we've never been before.
1: Well, one of the things you need to be concerned yourself with is making sure that you have starting the starting point is is having a good solid internet connection through one of the major providers such as um either verizon Altice which is optimum and um and spectrum, which was the old time warner uh the speeds for 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 home now are in, are in, are um, are are very fast very quick and very reliable um we find that, uh, and many, many, uh, um, families and, and, and people running small businesses out of their, um, out of their homes, um, are using for the most part, uh, Wi Fi. Um, I normally like hardwired connections wherever possible, at least in the home office, but if that's not the case, if you have a Wi Fi connection through a, uh, to a good solid internet connection, I think it's important to make sure that. When you set up your Wi-Fi, not to give the name of the um, of the household or the name of the um, the family that's in the um, that that your that 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 the, the Wi-Fi, come up with some cryptic name, a pet, um, some kind of food, whatever the case may be. But don't say uh, family, the George family Wi-Fi, because then you're just asking for people to uh, try to break your code because you know that they're trying to break it. In that particular family so uh, try to come up with some cryptic and of course try to come up with a, a hard uh, password that um, people can't break And a normal rule of passwords is um, a capital letter small, lowercase letters numbers special characters and have have the password be at least eight characters pretty standard for the for, for, for the world we live in today um, never use the same password uh, don't use that password for, for other things. Try to keep, um, use use passwords um, multiple locations. Try to uh, n- not keep the same password at, at, the, um, at the same place. And if you have to send a password to somebody, text the password to whoever it is that you need to communicate to. Never send it by email because email is not a secure means to communicate. We can talk about that later.
0: Okay, Um So strong. Now, how do you feel about double authentication?
1: I was going to say two-step authentication is is important, really good. It doesn't work for every case. Some cases, like, for example, your email, uh, especially if you're using something Outlook, may not work with two-step authentication, but I'm a big believer in two-step authentication, especially when you're dealing with transferring of funds or any kind of high-security transaction or high-security documents that are going through either... Through a bank or through a, a finance company or through um, any kind of bonding company, so it's important to use 2 separate authentication or um, any specialty websites such as um, accounting software. Um, it's important that you, in addition to the password, have a have a way to to authenticate who you are using either, um, in most cases, <clears throat> a separate email or. Um, um, Sending, sending in a, a, a code um, through your cell phone. So I am a big believer in two-step authentication. You, that may be tough for some people because it's just too much to remember or uh, they're in a little bit of a, a hurry to get to things, but um, wherever possible, prepare yourself for two-step authentication. I think the banks are all using it and a lot of institutions are using it. So this is just going to be a common thing moving forward in the future.
0: So let me ask you a question. With mm-hmm. all that's going on, And it's changing very rapidly. Do you recommend that maybe for personal emails and just every day, like, hey, how you doing kind of emails, or here's a picture of my dog, (laughs) that that's one email and that you use a completely different email and maybe even a different service provider for very secure transactions and only the secure transactions go through that email? Yes.
1: Yes. I myself have a Gmail account for personal uh, communication among family members uh, and friends. And I have a separate corporate uh, email address. As far as I have multiple corporate email addresses for um, daily transactions, daily communications, and a a separate email for to um, subscribe to various um, merchant services, such as Home Depot and the banks, well, not so much the banks, but but um, for, for the other stuff that, that, that tends to um, infiltrate you with a lot of spam. New York Times is one in particular that, uh, for some reason, when I subscribed to New, York, to New York Times through my regular email, I was bombarded with uh, with spam from the New York Times. So, yes, I am a firm believer in using multiple e- multiple emails wherever possible and, um, and working with uh, the major providers such as Gmail for that.
0: Now... What are your thoughts on paid email services versus free? They always say that free comes at a price because, as I understood from various lectures at the Nassau County Bar Association that I've attended, they've said that when you have an, a free email service, the price that you pay is essentially your data.
1: Well, I, I think um, or do they all just
0: collect the data regardless?
1: I, I, I'm not sure about the paid services I know when you get when you have paid services.
0: Uh, you'll you'll have um,
1: uh, access to your own domain name and lots of storage and um, high level security. Uh, With the free ones, I don't know. um, It's hard to say what you're giving up. I know that you're subject to a lot of uh, advertising. That's how they pay for uh, the service. So if you've got a free Yahoo account or Juno account or or uh, AOL account which some of our clients still use um, they tend to be bombarded with 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 um, with uh, advertising and a ton of spam and I, I'm sure that, that spam comes from advertisers who are trying to get um, something out of the subscribers of who of the various uh, um, mail services in the case of for example um, Gmail if uh, if you, if you um, uh, if, you, if you get a paid Gmail account, very little in the way of spam, very little in the way of, of um, any kind of um, advertising that gets sent your way. Uh, I have multiple Gmail accounts that I set up for various clients to use in the collection of of, uh, of, of accounts pertaining to their account, and I, and I don't see any spam at all, any unsolicited email of any kind in most of those accounts.
0: Uh, So that may be be the answers to to get something more, with with more privacy. Now, even though we're kind of trying to focus on the COVID-19 crisis, I guess some of the protocols of keeping your computer and your cyber life secure apply no matter what, what. What are the ways to avoid getting hacked and spammed or, you know, when you get these strange emails or the attachments or it's always... Some bank is telling you that uh, your account's been compromised, but click here to prove that it's you or whatever.
1: Well, I think, uh, in the case of, of, of those strange emails that you might get throughout the day, scroll down the email and take a look at the actual address that was sent, uh, that it was sent for. Nine times out of ten, if you see an email that looks very authentic, it looks very real with the Citibank logo, and you see it was sent by. Um, Fox Systems Inc (laughs) and you know it's a fake so right off the bat you just delete it, no questions asked I know in many cases the banks the eternal revenue some of the state um, tax uh, agencies do not send um, emails, they basically send um, um, requests for information um, via the US mail I think they still use that for the most part, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Richard, but I, 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 I've I, never seen, I've never gotten a transaction. The only time I've gotten a transaction through an email from, let's say, a bank is when I've specifically requested something or specifically they're going to send me something after a phone call. They will send me something and it, 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 it tells, it has the name of the person that was sent by. And also there's a link that requires a a two-step authentication, password authentication, where they're going to, add, they're going to send a, a, a code to your cell phone. So unless, unless uh, that happens, um, you're better off deleting the email and asking questions later.
0: Well, one just for people out there who are listening, uh, there's nothing like a fax. If, if you're concerned, I know a lot of people don't have landlines anymore. A lot of people don't have fax machines anymore because... It takes uh, a dedicated line, but faxes are, if you're in the kind of business or the kind of uh, industry that requires some sensitive information and you prefer not to use the internet, uh, even with encryption, we'll talk about that in a second, the, the fax is one alternative. So what, what do you like as far as encryption?
1: Well, there are services out there that you can, um, email services that offer uh, encryption, with, uh, with emails going in and out, and, um, which I've been a part of. A lot of the banks, uh, are using them, and a lot of the investment banks are using them, and, um, they, they, they are pretty secure. I know the, um, payroll services, uh, are using the paychecks and, uh, ADP. So that is becoming more and more, uh, prevalent, and something you should consider if you need to send, uh, um, an encrypted email to a, uh, to a second or third party.
0: Is there, is there, is there business-related software that will do that for you?
1: Uh, some of the software, if you're on the, for example, if you're a lot of the um, cloud portals, such as the, um, uh, let's say, the payroll services, uh, when you send a, send a message to them, um, uh, those messaging systems are usually encrypted uh, messaging systems. Oh, by the way, another another note on the fax machines. Uh, a lot of the companies that I work for right now, a lot of the companies that I have relationships with have basically done away with their fax machines. They've done away with their fax machines. They've also done away with voicemail, too. <laughs> it's, it's a changing world, my friend.
0: Right. Now, that's interesting because voicemail can be important. Um, although, see, by, by forcing everything through email, that does create a lot of digital clutter. It does. You know? It and, does. And, and then the problem is when there's a mountain of emails, especially if we're now all working from home and, and we're all net meeting and everything in the digital world, uh, instead of getting the 40 to 50 to 60 emails, we're now going to get 400 a day. And then what happens is the pile becomes so big that it's hard to get through the clutter unless you're constantly at the computer just uh, running through that. And then you well, can also I- lose some of the important stuff in your spam filter.
1: Well, one thing for sure, uh, I spend a lot of time um, flagging spam that comes in through the day uh, over the last year and a half with the system that I have in place now, um, where if I see something that's clearly spam and clearly I don't want to get, like, for example, a lot of the associations are, are bombarding us right now with news about the coronavirus. Uh, at this point, I, I don't want to get another message from another association or another group about the coronavirus i've been basically flagging it as spam so that um it doesn't go into my inbox it goes to the spam uh, folder and i check the spam folder once a day to see if anything comes in spam spam fol- spam filtering is not um perfect it never will be It never has been so you do need to check your spam filter once a day to make sure there's nothing in there that's of any importance um so one of the good things about that is i I've built a nice um system of of flagging spams right now, so at the beginning of each morning before I get down to the office if i get if i get i get maybe ten or twelve emails uh in the morning and almost none are spam very rarely do I get a spam in my inbox these days
0: ah see that's so so that's great so what are the indicia when you see an email what are the indicia of 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 emails that you would consider to be suspect so that you w- wouldn't necessarily open it. What do you look for?
1: Well, I, I look for, um, usually, usually the phrasing or the wording on the uh, the first couple lines of the email usually will trigger, um, some kind of, 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 uh, uh suspicion. For example, all capitals, um, very uh, weird phrasing or very uh, incorrect grammar. We had uh, we had a situation a few years back where um, we had a ransomware attack on one of my clients, and we were able to restore it, restore all the files, and get back. We didn't have to pay any ransom or whatnot, but we did notice that the, the communication and the emails that went out very very poor English, and usually that means that it's it, it, these these spams are coming from. A, uh, a country like Russia or China where um, they may not be as polished in their English as they, as they, sh- as they, as they need to be. Um, so I look at, I look, I look, it, it, I, so I do look at cat, all caps, foreign languages, uh, especially um, Asian characters, Russian characters um, in, in the body of the head, um, uh, weird uh, graphics, that may be embedded in there. Uh, And again, looking at the, 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 the actual email address, it may say from Microsoft, but if you read beyond from Microsoft, it may, like I said, be from steel company. Dot. I N. And that's a dead giveaway. You just flag it and get rid of it, flag it and put it into spam. So that's, that's how I, I dictate. And, and as I've, Gotten into this more and more and more, I found that it's so easy to flag these, and and occasionally you, you run into a mistake and whatnot. Um, if somebody needs to reach you and it's important and they don't hear from you from the first day, they will send the second email.
0: That's true. Now we only have another minute in this segment. Uh, maybe we can continue a little further. But okay. Do you, do you? And maybe we'll bring this up on the in the in the next segment. Um, but the question I have before we break. Is what is your feeling about physical firewalls? Uh, are there I, is there such a thing?
1: Well, um, all of my clients have firewalls. Every single one. I can't I can't stress that enough.
0: All right, so let's um, let's pick that up. Keep it locked in. This is Richard Solomon, Tom Hernandez talking about cybersecurity during the coronavirus uh, epidemic. We'll be right back. How are you doing? This is Kerry Carney, and you are listening to Richard Solomon on WCWP 88.1 FM. Richard Solomon, WCWP 88.1 FM. Thank you for listening. I have Tom Hernandez on the line. We're, talking, we're continuing our talk on cybersecurity during the coronavirus epidemic, where, while we're all telecommuting and learning uh, Remotely, so one of the questions that we had before the break was firewalls. So tell me about physical firewalls as opposed to software firewalls.
1: Physical firewalls are 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 usually uh, installed um, right after the the internet ISP's uh, modem, and what and what it is is usually a box with um, with built built built-in protocols and connections that will determine, that that, that controls um, uh, internet traffic going out and going in. And, um, and usually the major companies such as Palo Alto and Cisco and DelSonic wall provide um, good solid firewalls. And, and they're all different levels of firewalls depending on the size of the company and whatnot. What the firewalls do is number one, control the access from outside the company, provide access inside the company, will log um, any suspicious activity, actually logs all activity. It actually will also, in some cases, have anti-spam, I mean, not anti-spam, but anti, anti-virus uh, filters going in and going out. So you're being protected that way. And, um, and, and it provides a, um, uh, you can set up all kinds of rules to determine who gets access, who doesn't get access. You can set up access um, by time of day. So if you only want your employees to, to, um, to, to have access to the um, system from outside the office, only um, during the day, you can set the time limits for that. And you can also set up time, li- you can also set up access to websites. Uh, a lot of firms now basically don't, don't, don't have filters for, for access to various websites. Used to have, at one time used to be categories um, I think with the, with the whole um, issue of, um, of, um, of, I don't know what the correct word is, but...
0: Um, remote access?
1: Not, not so much remote access. Inside the office, um, you used to, um, a lot of firms used to limit what websites people can see during the day.
0: Yeah, um, I, I could, for example, I, I, I tried to um, tell somebody about, oh, check out this on YouTube. And they said, we're not allowed to watch YouTube. Uh, okay. So it's still folks. going on. Yeah. And and the thing is, even though it was a totally educational video, much like something like our content right now being uploaded on YouTube, they said our, our firm doesn't allow any YouTube of any sort. Um, so that was like sort of one of those corporate wide policies that they had to sort of grab the link, send it to their personal email and then look at it at home.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, most of the small businesses I, I, I work with uh, don't limit um, um, views of various websites. It used to be very common years ago. Uh, I am surprised that there's still firms out there that, that, uh, that limit which websites can be seen. You see, they either do it by specific website addresses or categories. Gambling, um, firearms, pornography, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Now, for the small, small business owners out there because we're all working from home <laughs> and mm-hmm. we have to address those people uh, who probably have the greatest needs. Is there a firewall that works with just like sort of one person who's just dealing with the outside world without some of these bells and whistles about uh, Yeah, there, is, there
2: are small
1: firms. If you, if you, um, uh, Netgear makes uh, small size, small firewall, small, um, um, Small firm, small firm firewalls and whatnot, Cisco does a bunch of other ones. Um, Linksys makes them. There are all different kinds that are out there, and you can check your places like CDW and Amazon and whatnot for them. It takes a little bit of, uh, of time to program them. Then pretty much, you can actually open them and 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 um, and plug and play. And if you want to get more sophisticated and and, and start assigning things like uh, port forwarding and and uh, blockage of certain sites forever, you can. It could all be done with, the, it's all uh, web-based, so, um, um, you know, GUI interface. So you can, do, you can do all that. Now, some of the um, Internet providers do provide um, certain levels of firewalls, but not, nothing that, that has the kind of, 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 of level of sophistication and protection that something that you would buy separate from their, from their gear. So I definitely yeah. recommend doing that. And again, if you think about it, the average household um, pretty much has, if you're a family of two or three, you probably have six, seven, eight devices working, um, um, being used out to the internet. In addition to uh, whatever computers are being used for home office, you have your phones, people have a tendency to want to use the Wi-Fi connection, home TV sets, um, all internet connected so that they can um, use the streaming services, um, many more and more appliances are using the internet for everything from maintenance checks, copiers now, if you have a small copy that you leased from a vendor, they will need access to the internet. Um, you know, it, it, all of a sudden you have nine, ten devices. One of the nice things about these firewalls is that you can actually see every device on the network so you can get an idea of what activity is going on. So, and then the other thing is with that, you can also set it up so that you can actually Um, set up access so if you want to be able to get to your computer at home remotely through another computer, you can set up a rule with a firewall that will allow you to do that.
0: Now I understand for example some medical equipment actually uh, gets monitored that way too.
1: Yes Uh, absolutely. With uh, Anything that requires any kind of of outside company for either managing, maintaining uh, that particular piece of equipment now has an internet connection just about uh, uh, just about anything out there that you can think of um heating units air conditioning units uh, medical equipment um again anything you can think of printers specialty printers uh all, all have or will have internet connections i mean um if you if a lot of, of of home automation companies that control everything from the lights to the AC, to whatever in, in, in homes, appliances and whatnot, are using the internet to manage those systems. So uh, the answer is yes.
0: Now, do you recommend, even though this may have to be the most practical answer, that most of these systems used wire connections as opposed to wireless? They use both. Most of them use both. Uh, you, you, what you do is you, you, with the firewall, you get yourself a separate
1: Wi-Fi, uh, wifi device that you can, you can pretty much um, wire through the firewall and then place it really wherever you want in the house for optimum um, exposure or optimum, um, 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 lack of a better word. Penetration? Um, I'm sorry, penetration? Yeah, that's a good word, I guess.
0: Yes. Or, or broadcasting. <laughs>
1: broadcasting, yes. Like I have three um, wireless access points in my house, one for the third floor, one for the second floor, and one for the basement. Just so that I can have decent coverage at all three locations, um, I have when when everyone um, when my entire family is here, between the grandchildren, the my children who are adults now, uh, friends and family and whatnot, uh, some of their friends and family, we can have as many as 25 um, uh, devices that are connected to my Wi-Fi. So,
0: <laughs> you know. Really-
1: also, also I have a, I have a client that I do work in his house. Where he bans the use of Wi-Fi in in one of the main rooms from the kids. So you can also segment how you want to uh, set up um, certain connections, so that certain people don't have access to those connections during certain times of certain days,
0: um, times of the day. Uh, in in the little time we have left, let's let's do some lightning round questions. Go ahead. All right. Let's talk about antivirus software uh, versus malware protection. What's the difference, and do you need both?
1: Um, th- there is, uh, there's all kinds of products that are out there for antivirus and, and, and anti-malware and anti-anti um, spoof and whatever. Um, there are some good ones that, that uh, do a pretty good job. The, the 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 corporate ones that I use are way too expensive for the home user. Um, the one that's, that, that that's emerging these days. I happen to like very much is trent micro um they, they, they sell them in bundles I, I believe they will work on pcs as well as macintoshes and uh they, they provide pretty strong uh antivirus software oh one thing to keep in mind i wanted to let you know is that people say that uh Macs never get viruses they do it happens every once in a while we'll get a mac that that's been infected so um um, so don't, don't let people tell you that, um, <clears throat> that Macs, uh, don't get, vi- don't get viruses. On the PC side, I do recommend that at this point, if you still have a Windows 7 machine, it's time to start, um, 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 looking for a new machine with Windows 10. I do not recommend, uh, if the machine's three, four years old, to upgrade it to Windows 10. Uh, I, I, Suggest that you basically go out and buy yourself a Windows 10 machine, and uh, there's a lot of built-in security with Windows 10. I do recommend that you um, that you keep the software up to date. Uh, whenever these notices come in to update the software, try to update it. So, um, so that that's that's my word on the uh, antivirus.
0: All right. So on Windows 7 and 10, if mm-hmm. if I have a Windows 7 machine out there, because I'm sure I've seen these questions we actually ask people for questions before we do these shows. Mm-hmm. If you put in a Windows 10 upgrade, does that wipe everything out and, and, or does it give you a, the existing system with Windows 10 or, or some kind of hybrid of that?
1: If you, if you get the upgrade kit, the correct upgrade kit from Microsoft that, that will convert a Windows 7 machine to Windows 10 machine, all of your files and all of your programs should run the same. Okay. So it will take two or three hours through a uh, DVD to do the upgrade. But after it's all said and done, I only recommend that if the machine is maybe just a couple years old and it has enough RAM and resources to be able to handle the upgrade because it does require a little bit more resources. But I, I did a bunch of those last year. And all I could say is that the, the, uh, once the upgrade is done, Maybe a particular driver won't work, a particular piece of software that only will work, only worked in seven, uh, but doesn't work in 10. And maybe in that particular case, you may have to upgrade that particular piece of software. So um, and if you're running an old version of, let's say, Microsoft Office, like 2013 or 2010, that definitely won't work in Windows 10. So you're going to have to get the upgrade kit for that. OK,
0: now, is that a, well, I guess for, for separate questions, if people have a question for Tom, they can always send an email. To us at the, the radio station and then we could forward it to uh Tom or you can call us at the station. Sure. Um what about well the okay, so the other day I I this is a question that I just have, not not viewer question, but I went in and I was looking at the new CPUs, and I noticed that there's very few ports that they're building into the newer machines. Yes. And I said, why is that? And they said, oh, because everything's going to be Bluetooth slash wireless. I'm like, well, doesn't that sound like a security hazard about to begin? Because, you know, with everything out there, you know, with everything, does that just make you more exposed?
1: Well, I don't know. You know, I, I, I've noticed that, uh, that I'm in the process now of, of, um, of transferring the stuff from an old machine to a new machine, and you're right. And the last couple of purchases that I bought for clients – uh, there seem to be less and less ports um, available, USB ports uh, especially, and, and more and more of the accessories are, are being built through Bluetooth. Um, I don't know that much about the Bluetooth technology as far as security or whatnot, um, but I do know that it's, it, it's, it's um, very reliable and, it's, it, and it's, um, um, it starts to make sense more and more uh, accessories, keyboards, mice, uh, speakers, um, printers are going to Bluetooth technology, all going to wifi, um, which, you know, has its issues too, in terms of security. Um, but more and more people want to stay, um, you know, wired, wired, free wireless. And, uh, that's just the demand of the, in- of the, um, uh, of the industry these days that, that people want want to be able to put a printer and have it be, you know, 20 feet away without a wire dangling between the PC and the, um, and the, um, and the printer and same thing with speakers. Um, so that's just the nature of the big, even monitors. Um, eventually you're going to see more and more solutions for monitors where you can hang a monitor on the wall and have it be 50 feet away from your, um, from your, from your laptop. Um, so those solutions are out there. Um, intensive security, don't have a good answer for you on that.
0: All right. I, in the last couple of minutes, any further security updates um, or, or ideas or issues, given what we're facing now, that we're just that, that we're a workforce at, at in our homes.
1: The single biggest um, advice I give to people is to: your data is very precious. In, in if you're a business. Your 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 data is your business. It, at at homes and whatnot, photographs, uh, financial information, um, tax returns, um, legal papers, insurance papers, and all that. Um, if they're all in your computer, they they all that information needs to be backed up. Multiple backups wherever possible. I I I have both um, on premise backups to the hard drives that I back up religiously. I do recommend if you go with backups, um, whatever backups you do, that it's automatic. Don't wait for yourself to, to, to decide, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow comes and doesn't happen. So I, I believe in on premise backups. I also believe, strongly believe in cloud backups, the number of cloud backups. But what you always want to do is to always have your data secure because you can always replace a laptop. You can always replace a printer. You can always replace... Um, you know, a server. But what you can't replace is um, is the data itself. And and again, in the event of a fire, for example, uh, all that gets, all, all gets burned, but it can all be replaced. But what you can't replace is the data, the photos, the paperwork, whatever the case may be. So I strongly agree. And also in the case of ransomware, if, you've been, if you get hit with, with a ransomware attack where somebody has encrypted your files, and um, you, you, you basically uh, uh, you're told that if you want your files back, you have to pay a ransom. Um, you basically um, are protected with backups because you can always roll back the backups the day before and you get everything back. And that's been the case in several of my clients where um, um, where an attack was caused, was created. Um, it was a compromise or somewhere, a password or some kind of, of a situation where um, somebody clicked a link in an email, and then somehow or other the ransomware got the the ransomers got in and were able to um, uh, infect and encrypt files on a server. Um, two cases. Think think about it. A plastic surgeon who um, who had all of her before and after photos. Can you imagine? Um, that's um, you can't replace that. No. Same thing. Same thing with a CPA firm with hundreds and hundreds of tax records of his clients. You can't replace that. So, uh, and it doesn't. And it doesn't take. It's not even a question of ransomware. Sometimes a simple um, computer goes goes bad. The hard drive goes bad. And again, um, as long as you have a backup of the data, a- and you got to be meticulously on top to make sure the backups get done. So that's, that's your first line of defense.
0: All right. So thank you very much. This is Richard Solomon. Please keep it locked up.
1: This is Russell Hitman Alexander from the Hitman Blues Band, and you are listening to Richard Solomon on WCWP 88.1 FM.
0: Hello, everyone. This is Richard Solomon taking care of business. This segment is part of our WCWP 88.1 FM ongoing coverage for community assistance with the coronavirus. I have with me Dave. Dave is with Gamblers Anonymous, and this is a very, very stressful time for people uh, economically, socially, and people who need to go to Gamblers Anonymous are not able to go to the meetings because they're, everyone's under quarantine. So, Dave, what's going on out there, and what could people do for resources during these very extenuating circumstances?
2: Well, what's going on there is we have a lot of psychopathic people in this world, and many, many more of them are compulsive gamblers than you can imagine. So we have the people who are still gambling, are heavily in debt, and have no place to go to try to to win the money back. So what do they do? Those people look to commit crimes, to do all kind of stuff that is immoral, illegal, and scam people. And there are the others who just have no place to go, even if they were willing to surrender right now, at this minute. There's no place for them to go. There are no meetings where it's face-to-face. Every facility is closed where there's more than 10 people. And this is a very big problem today.
0: Is there a phone number or something that people can call?
2: Well, they can call 1-800-GAMBLER or they can look up at any given time on the internet, uh, gamblersanonymous.org and uh, they can sometimes get some... uh, audio meetings online. Uh, there's a list of a couple of states where they offer audio, uh, audio meetings yeah. online for those that have no other place to uh, go. So for me, a man who has uh, not gambled in over 45 years, Congratulations. my job today is to keep my young sponsees away from cabin fever, away from uh, temptation, away from uh, doing something stupid that you would have normally done if you weren't in a program. So I would say today, Tuesday, maybe I've made about 65 calls so far.
0: Wow. Checking in on people?
2: Yeah. Just checking in on them. Hey, how you doing? Are you okay? Are you safe? How do you feel? And I get the, you know, thank God for Gamblers Anonymous. Thank God I've been able to stop gambling. You know, when we do pressure group meetings in Gamblers Anonymous, which is a, a program to help the people to budget their money and so forth, we put away money for, you know, Rainy days like this—that's something we none of us did while we gambled because we didn't know of such a thing. So many, many, many of our members are okay. They're not living uh, paycheck to paycheck, and so they are really have a better chance of survival here than people who have not gone to the program. But uh, you can't force people to the program. they got to want to do it. They want to save their family, their marriage. they they got to want to have a better way of life. And if they want a better way of life, we can give it to them. We can give it to
0: them. Now, with everybody under shelter-in-place orders, and with most people having computer access, how do people who have the urge not veer into the sites that may be destructive to them?
2: Well, that's a question that you have to ask yourself. Do I want to do this? What are the consequences to this? Uh, you know, if you want to stop, then next thing you'll do is say, okay, just as long as I can get on this site, I can get on a with Anonymous site. This is, you know, it's a choice. Life is a choice. And uh, if you take the wrong roads, I mean, it's never too late to turn around. Uh, It took me till I was 37 years old. You know, about to lose a family, wife and two kids, married for 15 years, a wife who knew nothing about my secret life of gambling. And, uh, you know, that was not fun, but it was... Exciting in some ways, the thrill of making the bet, the thrill of the action from the bet. And that's what gambling is. Gambling is not really for money. Most compulsive gamblers do not gamble for money because if I gave them the winning horses for all eight or nine races at a racetrack every single day, they'd get bored. They say, don't bring me here anymore. I got it off. I got it off. I got it off. So it's really not about, it's about the action, the action that keeps you going.
0: So is there a substitute for that action while we're all sheltering in place that that can kind of maybe feed that part of the brain but not be destructive? Well,
2: you know, the first thing is to admit that you're uh, an addict. And whether it be alcohol or drugs or gambling or sex, whatever it is, you've got to admit that you're an addict so that anything that you do as an addict that you're going to fall in love with, you're going to do just consistently. Uh, if you're an overreader, you're going to eat like crazy when you stop gambling. So it's, it's, there's a, a fine line as to Accept the fact that you are an addict, and to be willing to deal with all of the addictions that you have.
0: Do people with gambling issues have other issues in combinations? Yes, absolutely. So, let, they let's have just,
2: psychological just... problems to start with. They have uh, sociological. Problems, You know, there are a few things that are interesting. The common characteristics of a compulsive gambler are uh, immaturity, not willing to accept responsibility, and just a desire to be rambunctious and uh, not accept what the law says or what life is all about.
0: Is that what gives you the rush, sort of being uh, an outlaw?
2: Yes, absolutely. More times than none, the thrill of making the bed is more exciting than the bed itself, because uh, sometimes you can't get near your computer, sometimes you can't get near a phone or the phone is busy, and uh, you can't... There's a time element you can't gamble after. You know, you, once a game starts, you're not supposed to be making a bet on it. So there's a tremendous amount of strain in a, any given day. And then you're looking online and you're looking for anything. Is it raining in St. Louis? Is it uh, snowing in Denver? Is the ground going to be wet? Uh, you know, who has a cold? Whatever, whatever, if you're a sports better And, uh... Just a crazy day worth of activity.
0: For, for people out there, is there a way for people to do virtual groups? Even if, if it's not, even if it's not really anonymous, but maybe a group of friends locally know each other, maybe they can do conference calls so it's not over the internet necessarily?
2: Well, you can do conference calls. Uh, you know, you can't do the video as well, because you, you're not supposed to, you know, the anonymity is, uh, should not be broken. That's the most important tradition of uh, Gamblers Anonymous.
0: Well, I know on Zoom you can actually have, you can cut the video off, and there's the old <laughs> reliable technique of just putting a piece of tape or a post or something over the camera on your laptop yeah, to, block, yeah. to block the video. So there, there yep. are ways, but yeah, but, but anonymity is always encouraged, right? Absolutely.
2: Just wanted to say a couple of things about something else. You know, uh, a compulsive gambler affects at least seven people when he gambles, and uh, he starts by taking money from his uh, wife, his children's money, his aunt and his uncle. Don't tell my, don't tell my sister. Don't tell my brother. His father and mother, who are older, and so he really doesn't understand that he's destroying seven people when he starts this uh, roller coaster ride down to, to hell. And that's a very important thing. So we have a program called Gammon, Gamanon. G A M A N O N. Which is for the wives and the children and uh, the fathers and mothers of people, and they meet these meetings meet exactly like opposite in a different room. Then uh, the wife and husband are not in the same room, and uh, it's a very successful part of uh, the dual programs.
0: What not what? Much What goes on in those meetings? Is it more like tools and strategies for the people who are collateral victims? Yeah,
2: you hear yourself talk, and you uh, try to put out in front of a group all the secrets that you have, because uh, the longer you have secrets, the more difficulty you have, and you'll never get cured if you're walking around with secrets all day, because all you're doing is protecting the secrets and it's very difficult without having a group setting to reveal the secrets to one person but if you reveal the secrets to me and I had the same kind of thing happen to me well all of a sudden now here's two people who have relieved both people of the seriousness of the secret that they're carrying around so it's um, it's self-help it's a simple program for very complex people. And it, is, it takes effort. It takes willingness, effort, honesty. Those are the things that uh, you must have to make it in the program. But once you try this program and you start to see life get a little bit better slowly every day, A little bit slower. You know, the world has come back to Gamblers Anonymous. We live one day at a time in our program. (laughs) And for 45 years, I've been telling people, go slow, let's take it one day at a time. And everybody I talk to today with the world situation the way it is, they say, you know what? One day at a time is the right way to do this. So there must be something magic about the uh, program. For me, it has changed my life to... uh, very substantial citizen, a uh, per- person who lives with the mantra of do something good, be kind every day. And uh, that certainly wasn't my mantra when I was gambling. It was, uh, how much can I get from you? How much can I get from the, the other guy? You know, because money was the ammunition. Just the ammunition.
0: How How long did it take for you once you actually started the Gamblers Anonymous program for it to, like, stick?
2: Well, it actually took eight years to get out of debt. But it was was done with no pressure. Uh, It was uh, what they call a pressure group meeting, was given by the elders of the group, and uh, they set up a budget. And as long as I, I came home each week and gave my wife the money, and we lived on the budget that we had set up, you know, the debt never got higher in those eight years. And each month it got a little bit lower. And the, the fact as it was getting lower and lower, the more excitement and the more things I wanted to do in Gamblers Anonymous, because you become a believer when things start to. Really pick up, and you people say to you, "Boy, you're a nice guy now. What, what, what was the problem before?" So you know, it, it's a great program. It's very hard to uh, not go into it. If 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 your life is unmanageable today, this is the place to go. Mm-hmm.
0: In the, and we only have about two minutes left in this segment. What would you say to people out there right now who aren't even sure that they have a gambling problem? It's more like they say it's a habit or, well, I like just to play you know, now, a weekly bet. What did you say to those I, people?
2: I tell you the first thing they should do they should get, go online to uh, gamblersanonymous.org and, uh, Take a look at a piece of uh, GA literature, which you'll find that asks you 20 questions, which you can ask yourself. And 20 questions sort of give you a feeling of whether you are or you aren't a compulsive gambler. Now, nobody can tell you that you are. Nobody can tell you that you aren't. It's your choice. That's why it's Gamblers Anonymous. It's your choice. If you choose to believe you are and you say, help me, you can have all the hands in the room going to go up and help you. If you're going to say, well, you know, I don't really need this. I'll try it for a week or two or three. What usually happens is in three weeks, they take their life back and uh, they go on and continue the same thing for another 10 years till they hit another uh, difficult spot in their life.
0: All right. In the last 30 seconds, can we just reiterate that this is all free, right? This is all free of charge.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no cost whatsoever. And uh, all the self-help groups are wonderful groups. And uh, if you want help, there is help. Just be honest with yourself.
0: All right. Well, we thank you very much. Appreciate your honesty and your candor. And for those listening, this is WCWP 88.1 FM to be continued.